the catalyst, the word catalyst in Dallas Catalyst Project means something. It wasn't just about the projects we did. It brought, uh, it brought attention and encouraged investment from others as well. Hello and welcome to TrackCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council. From deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is our chairman, Mike Geisler of Venture Commercial Real Estate. Mike is a longtime Trek member and leader who is coming off of chairing Dallas Catalyst Project Forest District, which concludes at the end of this month. The holistic, place-based neighborhood revitalization initiative united Trek community investors with community partners Cornerstone Baptist Church, St. Philip's School and Community Center, and Forest Forward. Throughout the last five years, we've completed 25 real estate projects in the Forest District and unlocked more than $100 million in additional investments into the community. Many of those projects resulted in services not previously available in the neighborhood, like affordable transportation, a laundromat, and a fresh food market, as well as the development of safe public gathering spaces and renovations to existing apartment buildings that have provided a renewed sense of community pride and ownership in the Forest District's future. This year, as Trek celebrates 30 years of impactful investment in the Dallas community, we are also embarking on Dallas Catalyst Project Mill City, which will look to replicate our success in the Forest District in a new neighborhood with new nonprofit partners. Trek community investors will commit $1 million over the next three years toward catalytic real estate projects that address food insecurity, public safety, affordable housing, outdated infrastructure, and the lack of community gathering spaces and youth mentoring opportunities. In my conversation with Mike, we'll address his priorities for Trek this year, look back at five years of Dallas Catalyst Project Forest District, and look ahead at what's to come in Mill City. Before we get started, please make sure you subscribe to the show and follow Trek and Trek Community Investors on social media. It's the best way to stay on top of everything we're doing to cultivate relationships within the commercial real estate industry, invest in the broader Dallas community, influence public policy, and develop the leaders of tomorrow. I'd also like to remind you to renew your membership and encourage your colleagues to do the same. Your membership grants you access to member event pricing and eligibility to participate in exclusive programs like our mentorship program. You can renew your membership, upgrade your membership, or join Trek today at recouncil.com backslash join. Now, let's get to my talk with Trek Chairman Mike Geisler right here on TrekCast. Happy New Year. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's always great to see you and chat with you, and we appreciate your time. I wanted to get started by giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself to our members who may not know you and our listeners. Sure. Uh, my name is Mike Geisler. I uh, started a company, Venture Commercial Real Estate, in 2000, and we focus predominantly on uh, retail, leasing, uh, investment sales of shopping centers. Uh, tenant rep of retailers and land. What are your priorities as chairman this year? Uh, what are some of the things around our organization that you think that our members should focus on as the new year unfolds? 
priority that I am most excited about is um, is launching the Dallas Catalyst project. And um, I think there's a lot we learned from DCP 1.0 that will allow us to achieve more, uh, especially in the first year, with 2.0. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, it, this DCP was the first. It was the first time we'd ever done anything on that scale, and I didn't know exactly what that would look like and how long it would take. And and uh, we can look back on the last five years at the Forest District, and you could see how much was really accomplished. And um, and what are the products of all that? I mean, the catalyst, the word catalyst in Dallas Catalyst Project means something. It wasn't just about the projects we did. It brought uh, it brought attention and encourage investment from others as well. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that certainly as, as this conversation unfolds. Uh, the commercial real estate industry uh, in Dallas and, and elsewhere is coming off a pretty challenging 2023 to say the least. And it seems like 2024 might be challenging as well. What would you say in light of that? What is the value of an organization like Trek during a time like this uh, of all this uncertainty within the industry? I think that's um, that's a great question, and I do think that uh, 2024 still uh, we face a lot of uncertainty. I mean, we're in one of the best markets in the country. Uh, in my world, uh, the retail sector is 96% occupied. It's very healthy, um, but there are still great challenges. The construction costs, interest rates affect our business. But I, I'd say what the Real Estate Council offers is it reminds us uh, that we are playing the long game. When we sit down about and ta talk about the things that we want to do in the real estate council, these aren't things that can get done in a month, a quarter, or a year. Sure. And we're trying to affect housing. We're trying to affect the quality of life with the folks that need it the most. Um, and we're trying to touch this on many levels. So uh, I think it reminds us. I think when we're busy and the real estate business is moving at a fast pace, you, you forget about the long game. But when there are obstacles and the market's moving slower, it kind of reminds you it is a long game. You've been involved in so many different facets of our organization over the years that I've taken to referring to members like you and Trey Morrisback and Kim Butler, our previous chairs, as super duper track members. Uh, and that's a, an in-office technical term that, that I like to use. Uh, what is it about this organization that, that keeps you coming back and keeps you involved? Well, the truth is we're just slow learners, so it takes yeah. us more time to figure things out. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I do think that is partially true for, for my experiences. It took me a while to understand the breadth of everything we do at the Real Estate Council. And um, I'm, I'm, I was particularly comfortable and excited about being part of the foundation, which is now Community Investors. Um, I just, the, the purpose of everything we were doing in our initiatives really resonated with me as important. Um, but, you know, I think it takes a little bit of time to, to, to figure it out. There are so many um, platforms and areas that, you know, that we touch on. Some of it is about raising money so that we can make big grants. Uh, some of it is about trying to... Uh, correct obstacles, whether those are political or not. You mentioned uh, Dallas Catalyst Project. Obviously, we're, we're moving into the next phase of that or the next Dallas Catalyst Project and moving into Mill City uh, with our partners there. 
Um, but I'm, I'm curious, what excites you about the direction of this organization as we move into 2024? You know, I, I feel in a way that we have very clear objectives this year. Um, Dallas Cows Project is one of the big ones. Um, you know, public policy is another. It's a, it's a year that we vote, and um, there are a lot of governmental issues bubbling up that affect our world. And so I think those are two very important things that, what, that, the, that Trek plays a role in. The new year tends to bring an influx of new members, and we found it can be difficult to get them involved and plugged in. Um, we do a lot of different things. I mean, you, you spoke about the different areas that, that we cover as an organization, and that can definitely be a bit overwhelming uh, at first for the new members that we've got. Um, what advice do you have for them as they look to engage and get plugged in? What's, what's the best way for them to you know, find their their niche, find their place, um, find their starting point within the organization? Well, <clears throat> I feel like I can really relate to that because I can remember my first two years being part of the real estate council and, and um, I was just trying to figure things out. It, it, it took a little while to sink in. It took a little while to figure out um, where I could play roles. I, I think the that for new members um, is... If you get a chance, meet with folks that have, have been longer standing members. If there are people in your firm that are members, um, inquire about their perspective and the roles they've played. Uh, you know, the staff at Trek is always available. Take them to lunch and, um, and, and hear what they're working on, too. If I can interrupt you for a second, yes, please take me to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done that yet, Bill. I'll do that for sure. I, I'd appreciate that. But, uh, but I, I think some of it is just realizing you've got to get your mind around it. And, um, and some of it is learning how to budget time. It yeah. is, you know, as you take something on like this, uh, if, if you're going to, if you really want to make a commitment, I think if you step on a, on a committee or play a role on the board, um, you have to get comfortable with budgeting time to be prepared for that. And that's an easy task, but it was something that I was surprised with when I first got started is, you know, I've really got to think this out ahead. Sure. In the last few years, um, one of our newer initiatives uh, has been in, in you know, diversifying the industry. And we've done that in a couple of different ways, primarily by uh, networking with similar organizations like the New Dallas Chapter of African American Real Estate Professionals, AA Rep, uh, and by having our members talk about their careers and their experiences in the industry with groups of students who may not otherwise who may not be encouraged to go into real estate as a career. Um, why do you think Trek and our members have been particularly well-suited to approaching diversity, equity, and inclusion in this kind of way? I love the fundamental way of you know, planting that seed with kids earlier on. If, if it's something you plant in a high school student, um, and it's something that they start to inquire about, or if it's something that they, you know, when they get to college that they can intern in a company. Um, a, a huge amount of the people that get into real estate are, are typically get into it because they saw a family member, a parent, a relative, an uncle, you know, that, that was in the business, and there was something that drew them to that. Um, and I think for... Oh, there, there's a huge portion of the population that just doesn't it doesn't have exposure to what that is, and 
Um, we've always, there have been a certain number of schools locally, colleges, college-wise, that have always turned out a number of entrepreneurial real estate type people. But that is starting, that has increased a great deal. We've started to see more kids out of UNT, UTD, and they're a different type of, of kid. You know, they're, it's, uh, but they're interested in real estate. And I'm curious as to what has turned that on. But, um, and a lot of it, I would say, is I've been, if I've been realizing there's, um, you know, there's a large Indian community in Dallas, and these folks have become very successful. And they're starting to become investors. And I think the kids are watching that. And, and that's becoming, that's driving their awareness to study that in college. As far as, you know, kids a few years older than that, the ones that are, you know, just getting out of college and starting their careers, do you have any go-to advice for them as they take their first steps in the industry? Um, how do they navigate not just starting their careers, but doing so within an industry like this at a time with that uncertainty that we've talked about. Sure. I was very lucky to get in the real estate business in, at the very worst time uh, in the last hundred years, which was in the mid eighties when the, the banks crashed in the state of Texas and <laughs> yeah. oil crashed and real estate law changed. I mean, uh, it was an amazing time. I look back on it, but starting your career in a down market is one of the biggest blessings you could receive. Because when you make when you, when you finish and you make it through, you realize you really have nothing to fear. The guys that get in in a good market, they don't know what to expect in sure. a down market. So I, I feel that that was a, a blessing for me. And I would just say, you know, if something's drawing you to real estate and you're interested in it, you're passionate about it, you just you figure it out. You make it happen. I mean, it, our business is very much a, a people business, a social business. And, and so real estate people like to meet and they like to help. I mean, there's a coffee shop near my office and, and half the people are real estate people and the other half are ones that want to you know, explore real estate. So <laughs> it's, uh, that, that's how it happens. Just stick with it. Don't expect a job overnight. It's not a job place. It's something you have to figure out over time where, you know, what you're drawn to, what sector of the business and getting to know enough people that, uh, that you can eventually find a, a business opportunity to work for one of them. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned our public policy initiatives earlier. Um, we also want to get the word out to our members about that um, and having them join uh, Trek PAC, our political action committee, and ensure that our industry's voice and our organization's voice is heard both at City Hall and in Austin. Um, you've been a part of these initiatives over the years, and considering 2024 is an election year, like you said, um, we don't necessarily weigh in on the presidency, but there are other races, um, certainly throughout uh, the local and, and state uh, elections. Why should our members get involved with this kind of work? Can you, can you maybe sell them on um, our public policy efforts? Well, I don't know that what I'm going to say is going to sell them on it, but I will tell you that... Um, that some people uh, some people are drawn to politics. I'm I'm not. I am frustrated with politics. I used to think I was. I'm not so sure anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know that I have the patience. But you know, folks that have led our PAC committees, they're passionate about it, and they're passionate about the issues. They're not passionate about the politics. They're passionate about let's get this right. Yeah. And um, so you know if if you're drawn to that, man, we need more manpower. You know, 
get involved. You can play a big role. You also get to meet some really cool people. Yeah. Um, if you're not, support it as much as you can financially. Just because um, if we don't do things that influence policy that affects our business, we are going to end up inheriting laws that that hurt, that hurt us, that hurt our clients, that hurt businesses, and um, and that's the value of of the pack. And and I, you know, and that is that is what I truly you know believe in. It is not um, being on the pack committee. I was not on the pack committee because it didn't fit me. I don't feel like I you know I didn't uh, I didn't feel like I could play. But having people that understand our issues and that care and that they're the ones that are representing us. I mean, that, that is hugely important to me. There is still time to get tickets to our first Bank of Texas speaker series of the year, and the topic is a big one, the global perspective. Join us Tuesday, January 30th at Arts District Mansion as our expert panel discusses the local impact of major geopolitical conflicts and events. The event will be moderated by Liz Brailsford, the president and CEO of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. Panelists include Robert Jordan, the former U.S. ambassador to Saudi Arabia during the George W. Bush administration, and now diplomat in residence and professor of practice at the John G. Tower Center for Political Studies at Southern Methodist University, as well as David J. Kramer, executive director of the George W. Bush Institute, and retired four-star admiral Dr. Patrick M. Walsh, who is now president of Cristo Rey Dallas College Prep. Special thanks to sponsors Bank of Texas, Stewart Title, Global Pro, Younger Partners, and the Dallas Morning News Medium Giant. Tickets are $85 for members and $110 for non-members. Get yours today at recouncil.com backslash upcoming events. That's recouncil.com backslash upcoming events. Now, let's get back to the show. I'd like to put the spotlight on Trek Community Investors for a second. And this year, uh, we're celebrating 30 years of uh, community investment impact throughout our city. Um, you chaired Community Investors last year, and you also chaired the inaugural Dallas Catalyst Project for the last five years, which you've mentioned a little while ago. For those that don't know, the Dallas Catalyst Project is our largest neighborhood revitalization initiative. We've helped construct, I think it's about 25 projects when we have our ribbon cutting at the end of the month, um, 25 catalytic real estate projects. And we've invested or have, have had invested um, more than $100 million into South Dallas's Forest District neighborhood in, par in uh, partnership with three community organizations. And we've sought to do all that without displacing the current residents. You know, these, these neighborhoods that we're working in are particularly vulnerable to the dreaded G word, gentrification. Um, and everything that we've tried to do has been with current residents in mind. Um, having been a part of the Dallas Catalyst Project from the beginning, you did kind of allude to this earlier, but can you speak to the transformation that you've witnessed within the Forest District? How much different is this neighborhood 
in 2024 than it was, you know, when we were vetting their presentation in, in 2017 and then in 2018 when the work actually began. Well, um, the real estate council has been involved in the forest district for probably 10 to 15 years. And this was before my time. Linda uh, pointed out a number of Habitat for Humanity homes that we were a part of. Um, we've had a relationships with some of these nonprofits for quite a while. It's an area in Dallas, Texas that, believe it or not, for a period of 20 years, had not one new building permit. It was an area that was losing buildings. And if you go there today, it's kind of a skeleton of a neighborhood. Half the property are vacant lots. Um, in the time that we've been involved, I've seen new homes constructed, new single-family homes constructed. Um, I, the, the nonprofits that we partnered with, City Square, Cornerstone Baptist Church, St. Philip's School and Community Center, they are amazing nonprofits. You know, St. Philip's mission is so much bigger than the school. Absolutely. The, the community, you always say community center because they have a food pantry for the neighborhood. They have a medical clinic for the neighborhood. They've got a, uh, a vegetable garden. I mean, the things that they're involved with. And I would say that one of the aha moments for me was realizing how competent nonprofits are. I just I always kind of assumed that, you know, they have great hearts, but they don't know how to get things done or whatnot. I mean, these guys have the knowledge and the understanding of the neighborhood to, to you know, uh, to know how to address the problems. We couldn't have made a dent in this neighborhood if we didn't have the knowledge and follow the lead that our nonprofits gave us. It's remarkable to me that this initiative faced a global pandemic that technically still isn't over yet. I mean, COVID's not necessarily behind us per se. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, it faced permitting delays and all these other complications. And yet, you know, this partnership was still able to meet such a variety of, of community needs like, you know, affordable transportation options with the bike shop, fresh and healthy foods with the market and the commercial kitchen, laundry services. There hadn't been a laundromat, an affordable way to, to wash clothing in the forest district for from what I was told, decades, you know, yeah. um, that, that building permit issue that you, um, that, that you raised, um, as well as just the, the development of, of educational facilities and the safe public gathering spaces. I mean, those are things that are going to help residents start their businesses, grow their businesses, complete their education. Um, you know, there were housing, um, you know, uh, I don't want to call them housing projects, but, but housing developments that were renovated yeah. uh, all throughout the forest district. I can't imagine it was, I mean, it was certainly not easy to do all this work. This is the first time we took on a project of this kind of scale, but how did the DCP's priorities shift or evolve or, you know, how did, how did we keep the train on the tracks? How did we land the plane? Uh, how, how did this work get done? Well, I'll tell you that, um, you know, we designated this million-dollar grant to go to three specific things, one for each nonprofit, and they were big projects. But it was the Young Guns and the ALC class that found that we sourced these other projects that they executed them. You know, they implemented them. Um, man, I'll tell you, the laundromat is so much more than a laundromat. Yeah, it became a community place. There's computers in there now. Kids can do their homework. Um, 
we have given the neighborhood a couple of places they can go to. It can be the, the neighborhood market's the same way. I mean, people go there, they're proud of it. It looks like it could be in Addison. I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't done on a shoestring budget, and it was done with great thought and design in mind. It, you know, it's something they're proud of. They had nothing. And so, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I learn from all this. I, I soak this up and, and see what an effect it made. But it was, or it was many of these smaller projects that you could see more of a visual, visible change earlier than our big ones. You know, um, Cornerstone's uh, beautification, which is what we had designated some of the dollars to go to, was delayed because um, the highway department was going to take right away from their property. And that we actually stepped in and helped them negotiate a more favorable settlement for the loss of their land. So not only did, you know, do we have dollars to beautify their campus, but we actually had professional services that came in and helped with, um, you know, with negotiate the right of way for tax dollars. So there were just layers and layers of projects. The big projects that were part of the initial pro catalyst grant, um, one is mushroomed into such a big project, which is the Forest Theater. Uh, it's going to be amazing, but it's gone from renovating a theater building to now becoming classrooms and a, and a uh, arts theater and ha additional housing, and, and it's going to and it's going and they're in the process of raising a lot of money to execute it to that level. Um, we will see our, uh, the completion of the retail for uh, St. Philip's School and Community Center, and that's facing Martin Luther King. And I spoke to somebody uh, just yesterday that has two amazing potential tenants for it that will be great services for the neighborhood. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware. What have been your impressions of the next Dallas Catalyst Project neighborhood uh, in Mill City? Um, I'm sure you were part of the vetting process last year and, and bringing that project and the other finalists to a vote. Um, in November, our members voted to, um, to select Mill City and take on some of their neighborhood revitalization um, issues and initiatives. A lot of them will be similar um, to what we faced in, in the Forest District. What have been your impressions of the neighborhood so far? Well, first of all, um, the nonprofits are very impressive. Great people, people that deeply care about the neighborhood, that are deeply invested in the neighborhood. So um, my first impression is we may be able to see more visible results earlier in That's this great. neighborhood due to some of the scale of the projects that we can actually initiate. If we can get the green light on the property, we could probably get the garden up and running in year one or year one and two. Um, so that's a neat thing. Um, I'm anxious to know more about the area and the neighborhood and understand its boundaries and what else we can also do there. And I love the fact that it's proximate to Forest District. Yeah, it's um, it's just off of uh, the Fair Park area. I mean, the Forest District kind of is too, but yeah, they are located fairly similar, uh, a fairly similar uh, spot to each other. Um, what aspects of the Forest District project, you know, if you could pull the successes right off the page of what what went well, what we did right, uh, how this partnership worked, um, what would we then take into Mill City with us? You know, is it a strategy of, of sorts? Is it, um, you know, deploying ALC and Young Guns in a specific way? I just think the I, I think that our whole process will improve greatly with efficiency. 
I mean, we had just we had never uh, kind of focused on one area and for a committed period of time before, uh, and to see the multiplier effect that all these projects did. You, know, you were talking earlier about the apartment renovation projects that our teams have done. Yeah, I mean, the 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 pride of ownership is huge. You know, we've given them space on those properties so that they have a place to hang out, and they're proud of it in beautiful areas with grills and things like that. So um, I think that we'll see more opportunities like that right off the bat. Um, again, coming in from not knowing, you know, uh, how all this was going to happen. We didn't have laundromat. We didn't have the bike-friendly thing. None of that was identified when we awarded the money to these three nonprofits. The, the food park. How could we have? How could we have known that? I mean, we knew the food insecurity, but. The, the impact that the food park had, and then that just fed right into the, um, I was going to call it a corner store. It's not a corner store either. The the market, the fresh mm -hmm. food market, and the commercial kitchen. Right. No, uh, we learned so much from from that food park. And um, some of it was, look at the talent. All the vendors there were from the neighborhood. And we had no idea that folks had that kind of talent. And that is what spurred us on to do the commercial kitchen is there were some folks that offered some great food products, but they couldn't be sold uh, at a store because they weren't in, made in a commercial kitchen. Now they can, and that will help those small businesses grow. And I, I think the best part of the, the kitchen, the market, and the laundromat is that they're all in the same shopping center. Yeah. Um, you know, done right off of... Uh, Irving. Irving. Yeah. Yeah. What was a completely empty building is now a completely leased building. And just over, just before the holidays, uh, I learned that they repaved the parking lot there too. Yes. So that's another, you know, just just more that much more investment, that compound effect of of uh, of really really turning things around over there. Yeah. So I like wrapping up these interviews by asking our guests about Trek's slogan which is build the city you've imagined. I'd like to think of that as an inspirational challenge to our members to leave a positive impact on our city and the industry. And we tend to get a different answer every time we talk about it. There's so many different perspectives that, that formulate what we do at the Real Estate Council. So I always get excited about this question. I'm curious, what does build the city you've imagined mean for you as, as a Trek leader, as a civic leader, as a real estate leader? Uh, when you think about those words, you know, what, what kind of impact would you like to ultimately leave on, on the city? Well, um, I'll tell you, when, when I was a kid just starting in the real estate business, just out of college, um, I would dream a lot. And I, part of it was, you know, um, I got to meet people like, you know, John Carpenter, or Ben Carpenter, uh, who developed Las Colinas. And I remember seeing them as they put in the streets and then in the urban center, they put these granite curbs around. I mean, nobody did that here. You know, that was expensive. But the vision he had, and I thought about, okay, that must have been really expensive. You know, think about the long-term value of that, you know, of, of the value it creates. And, um, and, you know, and I think I just aspired. I wanted to make a difference. I didn't know how I could. Um, but Dallas is this kind of place where if you dream it and believe it and work, work to make it happen, it will happen. And so I guess what I tell you is I love that, I love that line 
of that, you know, our our purpose statement or whatever we call it, um, because I really believe it. I know that we can, you know, I I I know, and especially as affiliating and being part of the real estate council, that we do affect things. Uh, we have had a tremendous effect in helping bring awareness to some things that were blind spots with the city of Dallas that were really hurting investment in the city. And, um, but I, you know, I've often felt, how do you make a difference? I realize with the power of the real estate council, we make a great difference. I wanted to ask you quickly, just as we're wrapping up, uh, what are your thoughts about your SMU Mustangs joining the ACC this year? Well, I'm super psyched. Uh, I think we're, you know, I think we're uh, in a meaningful conference. I think we're going to play some amazing teams like Notre Dame. and uh, I think Florida State's coming here yeah. next year or this, this fall. Yeah. So I'm very excited about it. Um, it gives us a purpose and, and, and puts us on a different level. And so it should be a lot of fun. Great. Well, Mike, you're the best. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm really looking forward to working with you and the new leadership team this year. Same here. Where are we going to lunch? <laughs> That'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank today's guest, our 2024 chairman, Mike Geisler of Venture Commercial Real Estate. Before we sign off, I'll remind you to subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and renew your membership at recouncil.com backslash join. You can also get your tickets for Bank of Texas Speaker Series, A Global Perspective, at recouncil.com backslash upcoming dash events. The event is coming up on Tuesday, January 30th at 1130 a.m. at Arts District Mansion. Again, tickets are available at recouncil.com backslash upcoming dash events. Until next time, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.